This is your fearless Commissioner Tom Hart, side-by-side co-commissioner of Combat House. Together, this is the Champions Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our quick post-draft results podcast. We're here. We're going to talk shit. We're going to praise some people after a thoroughly tame draft night overall, I would say, Tom. Nothing too crazy, all things considered. I would agree. I would agree. It was the the chat was getting kind of kind of quiet for a while, um, and I don't think that was like a boredom thing. It was it was just kind of like a medium level of intensity, like all the way throughout. There weren't there weren't the as many peaks of like oh shit, someone just spent seventy two dollars on David Johnson moments. Yeah, and there weren't as many like oh how did someone get you know such and such for three dollars why won't someone bid him up and there there wasn't as much as that but there was always like a little bit of an edge going on i felt in the in the room so i agree with your statement yeah i was like everybody was was for the most part pretty serious we had yeah only a small handful of bidding wars um obviously castro spent all of his money in the first like five minutes and then just kind of coasted. So yeah, you just kind of didn't hear from other than like the the occasional like Castro Max bid him for four dollars, and then, you know it goes for twenty, and it's meaningless. But yeah, so all this into consideration, Tom. What was your own thoughts on your draft process? How, did you get who you wanted? Who who out there was the number one player you wish you could still have? Right. I think yeah. I think that's the way you got to look at it. Is like, did you get what you wanted? Because we don't we don't know if what we wanted was what we should have wanted yet, right? You know, some some, some years it's good to go heavy wide receiver, some years it's not, or some some years there's you know good you know in the you can go deeper into the bench and find some guys, and sometimes not so much. So I came in with a strategy. I really did want to like um, not front load my my starters but just really only invest in starters so i wanted like a couple of like top tier ish guys and then a bunch of like 10 to 15 guys and then ones across the board on the bench and defense and that didn't happen so <laughs> uh i i i wish i were a, i i would have been a little more aggressive on a few picks yeah i mean just like one or two more players throw an extra like three or five dollars into the bidding war that's that's the only change because i got everyone i got i feel like i'm happy almost everyone the majority at least i'm happy with the value i got from them like in a in a vacuum each player i think did well but i accrued all that value and i should have spent it to upgrade somewhere or upgrade more than i planned on yeah I so i that. so i give myself a middling b like an 85 out of 100 on accomplishing what i wanted to good but you know b, b, b's can get you into like a like a state school you know but i, I ain't going to the ivy leagues of fantasy football draft success <laughs> what about you kyle yeah so from my point of view I got out of my draft targets, so like people I wanted to come home with no matter what. I got three of the four running backs I wanted. I got both of the quarterbacks I wanted. And then I got two of the three receivers I wanted. So really the only place I kind of I got an unintended player was Logan Thomas. 
okay. when I really wanted uh, TJ Hawkinson. So, I mean, for me, it's like I basically executed what I plan on doing to a T. It's more just uh, we'll see how it goes because it was very much a high risk, high reward strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what was what was the one running back? I really, were? I really didn't want Miles Sanders. Okay, I mean, good, was, good. Yeah, he was more of my. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't the one. But like, as a flex player, Miles Sanders is a lot. Like, yeah. Miles Sanders otherwise would be somebody's number two RB. So, like, for me to have him as a flex player, and also it's like, hopefully he gets an actual offensive line this year compared to last year where three of his five starters was out. So it's like, I don't love it, but I'm okay with it, again, as my, like, last flex option versus, Uh like, other people out here who are going to have, like, Brandon Cooks, you know, or, you know, (laughs) like, there's a lot of people that have worse flex options. Me, I really wanted... Um, instead of him, I personally really wanted either uh, Gibson, or I also kind of was leaning towards Dobbins. Oh yeah, I, so, I get that. Those are, I mean, younger, younger, second roundish running backs. And I mean, those are those are often when those guys hit or when they overachieve. Those are kind of league winners, really. Yeah, so I'm so my, I get, my thing I get was, one of those guys. Yeah, my thing was, is I think I have, like, four of the top ten receiving running backs. So we'll see how that works. Again, very high risk, very high reward. And a lot of it's going to come down to, can my quarterbacks, my youngins, come up and, and beat the, the, the established Russell Wilson, Patty Mahomes? Because rolling with Tua and Trevor Lawrence is interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Florida, baby. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm rolling high on Florida Florida Man. It's the year of Florida Man. Oh, boy. Okay. So, enough talking about let's us, get it, though. Yeah, that's it. Um, and Tim, let's talk big picture, right? Let's ignore ourselves. Yes. What are, what's your, like, bottom tier grouping of, of teams? Um, so, for me, it's pretty clear. Um, I agree. What? I said I agree. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see how much the yours matches mine. But for me, the the bottom tier is kind of Vinny Luco Castro, of which, to me personally, Vinny is pretty far on the bottom. Oh, interesting. Um, but the the biggest reasons for that is like I think it's very possible Nick Chubb is not worth fifty five dollars. And honestly, all of his options for RB two are scary. Um, you don't you don't like Leonard Fournette? It, no, and like here's the thing: is like people can like if you beat Vince week one, you can punish him by just start stealing running backs away from him, so he's even le- got less options. Right, he's so vulnerable. <laughs> um, I think George Kittle will miss time this year. It's just a matter of when. Um, really the highlight of his team is he's got, you know, Josh Allen and DeAndre Hopkins, but it's like Hopkins now has another mouth to feed it with Arizona. And I don't think Kyler Murray is going to do as well as other people this year. I'm, I'm very possible I'm wrong that, but we'll see. And then obviously Sterluco, I criticized during the draft. I don't, I really don't like spending $40 combined on Chris Carson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 
But I think um, Raheem Moistert and Josh Jacobs, for that little he paid for them, are underrated. Because, like, the big money, like, the, the, like Saluko's top players I absolutely hate. But a lot of his, like, bench guys, I think he actually got relatively good steals on. And then, obviously, Castro is the biggest beer yeah. bust outside of myself. Right, he's he's going to... He's probably going all in on the starting your 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 studs on buys kind of package. Yeah, um, there's some overlap in my like bottom three. I also have Castro in there. Yep. For a while, I was on the fence of if if Vince was in my bottom tier or in my middle tier. I of course do like. Um, oh, I'm thinking of look. Oh, never mind. Um, I was thinking he had George Kittle. I do like George Kittle if he's healthy. Um, so, so I do see plenty of plenty of potential actually in Vince's lineup. He's got some some a variety of young wide receivers, and then he's got two studs with Hopkins and Evans. You know, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, they're going to show up. George Kittle, when he plays, is going to show up. I think I think he just has the one hole. It's going to be very, very tough <laughs> hole to fill, yeah. and it and it might be an expanding hole in this pirate era of the KCLC. But I put a, I put them as like the my top and the bottom three. Okay. But my bottom three is not the same as yours because Sir Luco is in my middle tier. I actually slotted in Acosta into my bottom three. Ooh, that's just, interesting. That's very interesting. Just, I mean, I mean, he's. I mean, at the top of his team, I mean, it's Diggs and Elliott are her his only like go to studs, and who knows what the heck we're getting out of Elliott? He's he's old and fat, and and the team is all invested in Dak now. Dak's the guy that they're they're trying to get up long term with all the money. That's who they need to. To uh, to a reward this year, so they might be extra pass heavy. So Zeke might take a step back, and then there's Diggs; he'll be good. But once you get past that, no one really excites me at all, other than by name brand. You know, Julio Jones at eleven dollars sounds cool, but will he have the same chemistry um, with Tenethrill? Will he will he out compete AJ Brown? Will he be the number one? Will he be the number two? I don't know. There's some question marks there, and of course, you know he's got Kyle Pitts, and we all know that's worth <laughs> nothing. That's worth one so, Kyle Pitts. That's it's worth one Kyle Pitts. Um, so I'm... Acosta is my so to clarify, Acosta, Vince, Castro were my bottom three. It's hilarious because to me, Acosta is a top three team. Oh shit. You do love Kyle Pitts, don't you? Uh, it's not so much that, but I think his core, like, you know, players, I really like. I thought, I think a Cup of Poop is out for going to have a career year. Oh, interesting. You you like the Stafford connection? I think it's like, Stafford loves force-feeding receivers. Like, remember, like, literally every like wide receiver one in Detroit? Like, they just get force-fed by Stafford. Like... For eleven dollars on a guy who could end up as a top ten receiver, I easily think that he's gonna get touchdowns because like Stafford doesn't like throwing to tight ends. Like, True. 
to me, he's probably going to be the number one like red zone target and a Rams team that's going to probably have nine wins. Like, that's good. To me, again, I think I'm higher on, like, Mike Davis as an RB2. Like, I don't think he can... I don't think he'll necessarily end the year as a top 20 running back. But I think to start the year, he's going to be good enough. And then yeah. it's like... Yeah, Mike, Mike Davis will get touches. That's for sure. Especially when you're looking at a flex running back. That's kind of rare, to be honest. There aren't many real like locked in starters not much competition there for catches and carries yeah so like he'll be fine for me it was more just like of my own personal wide receiver rankings he has three of the people i consider to be top 10 receivers for the end of the year oh shit scary terry digs cup of poop so if he has three top one one wide receivers again my own opinion right. um the two serviceable running backs like not not great, but they're not going to lose you weeks. And then with potentially Justin Fields and Justin Herbert, like that is a very deadly combination. And he is very much like a. Did he have a third quarterback? As of right now, no, he does not. Because as of right now, Justin, they're they're saying Justin Fields is is not starting week one. Yeah, I'm guessing he's not going to start because it's like, do you really want to throw your rookie quarterback to? Isn't it? LA like yeah they're against, playing the Rams they're playing cup of poop yeah like throw them against Aaron Donald yeah that sounds like a like you don't need to scar the man with his like is this what it's like every week yeah so again Acosta's not my top team but I have him higher so for Tom let's say who is your the top team that you think did really well top team that did really I, I mean I think this is where we might agree because we already we talked about this a little bit um, of course, ignoring my own team because I, I execute, I, you know, I, I like, I like the team I got. I do put Garrett as number one. Uh, just really solid players, top to bottom. He's got, um, not he does, you know, he doesn't have a Christian McCaffrey, I'd say, on his team. But you know, you look at his running backs; they're gonna be, or his wide receivers, they're absolutely gonna be involved in. Lamb and Robinson could both take steps forward. Um, Robinson just could get a better quarterback, and Lamb could just um, be a bigger part of Dak Prescott's offense, especially if they've got injuries at wide receiver right now. We don't know what Amari Cooper, uh, his availability is going to be. He'll probably play, but he might be 100% to start the year. Um, So CeeDee Lamb could be even a top-10 guy there. As quarterbacks... I mean, his bad quarterback is Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then there's his running backs. Only two guys are – his two top running backs are young guys in offense in, you know, not the best of offenses, but they're clearly going to be big parts of their offenses. Yeah. They're not going to have too much competition. And they were both, I believe, top ten running backs last year. And he got young guys who should be getting better at, you know – like a second round, third round running back price. Yeah, I mean it's really hard to uh, to go against that. To me, Garrett was I think my second highest. Um, personally, like again, I agree with everything you say. The only right. thing against Garrett is again, like I think his running backs are good in a vacuum, but you can really like if one of them goes down, he's really less vulnerable 
Yeah. And it's one like, goes down, and then the they're also the young, the youth. Also means like how proven were they really last year? You know, Gibson goes down, and then we find out is Jonathan Taylor really that good? Because Naeem Himes was actually a big part of that offense all year last year. He did not kind of trail off by any means. Could that end up being a little bit more of a timeshare without with if the offensive line's not healthy, if the quarterback play's not good, does that whole offense crumble and suddenly he's got a giant hole in Chase Edmonds has right. to be it's like it could, could it could he basically be like a Joe Mixon, right? Or it's like Joe Mixon free yeah. Joe Burrow, where it's like you're not afraid of the quarterback really. So you're just gonna stack the box and it's like right. depending on how that does. And then Antonio Gibson not necessarily a beacon of health at this moment. So it's like, yeah. that's the only real concern I have for Garrett. I think his wide receivers will do fine. I think his quarterbacks will carry him a lot of weeks. You know, so it's like he will, it's, at this point, unless he has dramatic injuries, Garrett's probably my, like one of my only locks to make a playoff. Uh, but who's your real number one? Because you said he was like yeah. your number two. Yeah, so he's he's my number two. My number one um, is our one true Lord and Savior, Stephen Patterson. Oh, well, that's no fun. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I love his wide receivers. I think you can have Jefferson, DK Metcalf. I think is going to have an outstanding year. AJ Brown, like to most people, probably disappointed last year. You would think Julio would open the field a little bit more, and I do think that the Titans might try to throw more this year. I love his quarterback duo of Kirk Cousins and Stafford. Of course are, you do. Those are guys that are going to throw 4,000-plus yards, assuming they're healthy, and he got them for relatively cheap. Like uh, As of right now, Kirk Cousins has the second-highest prop bet for yards thrown for the year, and he got them for $3. So, I mean, that's really good um again i'm a big fan of tj hawkinson i don't think he ends the year number one but who else is jared goff throwing to in detroit like i would imagine he's gonna probably you know stick marvin to jones is still there right that because kenny galladay left i thought who, their number who, one who, receiver who, right now is um <laughs> st brown who castro has oh god yeah so they're gonna throw to hawkinson and hopefully deandre swift yeah, and then, again, in a season where I think Baltimore is going to keep running the ball to be dominant, now J.K. Dobbins is J.K. Dobbins is the lead back. Like, and then all he needs is yeah. Hopefully, he's like it's hopefully it's not too much of a timeshare. As a overall run heavy team with Lamar, and they went they almost went kind of three deep last year in terms of somewhat meaningful carries. Yeah, and that's like will, Bal- will Baltimore really feature him? Will he get catches? Yeah, so, like, for me, it's basically Steven Patterson, to me, anyway, has a higher floor than Garrett does. That's why I put him higher. Garrett might have a better ceiling, but Patterson's a safer bet for me long-term for the season, which, again, means nothing because we're in week one of preseason. Right, and we're nitpicking because Patterson's my two. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a Garrett Patterson, and then you have a Patterson Garrett. So there, there's at least something to say to the two of them. Yeah, that they are, they're kind of the clear kind of first class of it all. So what, what surprised you the most of this draft, Kyle? I'm gonna kind of go with Joe's draft to a degree. So like, 
his just was, was seemed very anti-Joe, for lack of better words. He spent... Well, what is Prime Joe? Prime Joe, lately he's been... I think he just, know, like, he vultures the middle rounds to a degree and doesn't yeah. buy top-end talent. Usually gets good quarterbacks. Right. You know, it's like, he kept the good quarterbacks, and that's fine, whatever. But it's like, it's hard for me to think that, you know, Joe is comfortable with Joe Mixon. That he's comfortable with Alvin Kamara in an offense without Drew Brees. Like, I feel like it's just, it's a lot of just non-Joe picks, for lack of a better term. Joe's team is one that, like, if Kamara goes down, Joe's in trouble real bit. Like, real quick. Like, Kamara is carrying a lot of the points on this team. Hard. I do like, I mean, he's got some upside with his bench. He's got some rookies. Um, of course, if whatever reason the Denver passing game takes a step forward, uh, you know, Judy, his namesake, um, could step up. You know, he's young. Who knows? And then Devery Henderson in, in L.A. Uh, could have a very big, big, uh, big role there with the Rams at $16 for a running back. Yeah, I just like, if I was going into the draft and I was like, hey, Joe's going to spend the single, second most amount on a single player, like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Let alone, hey, guess what, Joe's going to spend a hundred and, what, I think it's a hundred, yeah, a hundred and twenty dollars on three players. Not as much as Castro spent on three players, <laughs> who who broke a uh, hundred and sixty 166 it looks like yeah 165 yeah it's a yeah 166 on three books <laughs> yeah. so that's the thing <sighs> is like joe to me like if is resting an entire season on kamara and it's like even if he gets injured and he does i think he i think he might have had murray picked up i don't remember off the top of my head um regardless like how many teams, like, there's a lot of teams here where if they lose, arguably, their best player, I still think are in an okay position. Mm-hmm. Joe is not one of them. Right. Um, I mean, I guess the only benefit you look at is, you know, Michael Thomas having a strong second half of the year. So yeah, I mean, he does he have a big injury. Yeah, it's like... You know, a, that's, his, that's his comeback. Yeah, because it's like he can hide Michael Thomas on his IR and not have to deal with it. So it's like... Right. But yeah, really, I mean, the only other team we didn't talk about at all yet is Wilson's team. Which, it seemed weird. Another interesting one. Yeah. Like, he was, like, it feels like he didn't really spend that much money. Like, he spent his, he spent $100, essentially, or over $100 on Christian McCaffrey, David Montgomery, uh, Keenan Allen. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen was a little inflated just because of, you know, yeah. there wasn't any competition. There was too much money on the board when he came up. But, yeah, to see, you know, David Montgomery, 26, McCaffrey, that, I mean, what, $90 between those two. And then, like, what else is on his team? I mean, Sean Watson and Jalen Hurts are as likely or you know, who the fuck's going to be his super flex, I guess. Derek Carr might even be the best one week one before we know how bad Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, and it's just like, in a, he's real thin, but I guess that doesn't matter when you're doing a, a pirate league. 
Right. This is the guy who wanted a pirate league more than anyone. Yeah, so he's really this banking is, this, on... Does this like, look like a pirate-optimized team? Because I, I, I don't think so. Because he, he has some sexy bench players that I would want to take. Yeah, you know? I would take Harris. Like, I would take Sutton. Right. Yeah, for free, I would take him. You know, I wouldn't. I obviously didn't outbid any of them. But, you know, I, 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 I'd like him. If I could trade some shitty one dollar player for them, I would. I would. I would love it. Well, he, of course, was also famously not getting a defense. But then, oh yeah, he's traded Deshaun Watson, so he doesn't have Watson anymore. So he is. That's at least gone. He does all Chicago Bears defense now. <laughs> See, but what okay. the fans it's... really want to hear, Kyle, is what's with all the defenses? Yeah. Uh... My end goal was essentially come out of the draft with one, like, swappable bench person, and then maybe two at most, and then the rest are defenses, and then, worst case scenario, like... But why? I think of it more as, like, almost like best ball to a degree, which is like, all I need to do is be a top eight finish. Yeah. So it's like, if I do good... I'll take other people, and then it's fine. I can I swap out a defense. I'm not giving that team anything of value. It's uh-huh. like, bench players do you no good at the start of the year, really, outside of just surviving injuries. True. And it's Agreed. like, I think I have enough good starter depth to wither that. And it's like, worst case scenario, one of my guys gets injured, he goes on a depth chart, and I just spend as much as I need to spend in fab. So the whole idea was just like, I think my team is good enough to be a top eight, you know, and then it's just retooling it, you know, to playoffs. But say, why not take, you know, six tight ends? Why why defenses specifically? Defenses have more value to a degree. I mean, it's like, if I take away good defenses from other people, that means they are only left with bad defenses to, or mediocre defenses to pick week one, right? Right. You can get a negative defense. Yeah, so it's like, oh, hey, now nobody can pick, you know, I think it was Miami versus, you know, Cam Newton. Miami defense versus Cam Newton, which I'm guessing there's going to be some turnovers from that really good Miami defense. You know, now, like, now, you're planning on hoarding these guys all year and just, as unless people, for whatever reason, steal them from you? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, defenses are valuable to the point of just they, because of how wide of a range a defense can score on a week-to-week, if yeah. you take those like top-end options away, then people are really just kind of left guessing, like, okay, what's the best matchup? You know, and for Fab that week, and hopefully it gets more people to spend Fab on defenses there than they go. otherwise drain. Want. Drain the swamp, Kyle. Drain the fucking swamp. So, like again, like to me, it's like in a pirate league, having a good bench does nothing because it's like the only the only, or at least having a good bench at the beginning does nothing. Having a good bench when you get to bye weeks is is good because then you hopefully win and you get a higher seed. But, if, like, if you're already losing and you get to a bye week, it doesn't matter. Like No arguments here, man. Bench. Um, it doesn't really reflect that looking at my team, but I really wanted to spend as little as possible on my bench without just... The easy way to do that is to overpay on, say, three guys. 
spend $170 and then it's really easy to make sure you run out of money by the time you get to your bench. But yeah, like I, 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 I get it. I get, I get, I get most of what you're, what you're putting down. Yeah. So I think like really, so there's, you also drove up the prices on defenses because you bid them so often. Yeah. You got a lot, there's a lot more two and $3 defenses than most years. Yeah. Like usually there's only like two of them that go above like one dollar, uh, but this year really um, one, two. If I, I scan across, only two. There were only two one dollar defenses somehow. Well, for starters, right of of the starters, and so that's that's you know if they're really worth probably they're probably all worth like one dollar. Yeah, and and that's like I already traded one defense to get a lottery ticket into Sean Watson. There you go. As much as I, at the moment, don't feel good morally about having Deshaun right. Watson. That, that's that's your... <laughs> it's like having Tyreek Hill. It's having, you know, yeah. kind of a lot of players. But yeah, but. so the, the, my biggest thing is like, okay, so that there was... I can see at least three to four other teams, really three other teams, that went the same route I did, which is like spend as little as possible on a bench. Yeah. Me, Castro... Sir Luco and Vince. Of those four, I think I feel I feel pretty good about my own team versus those four. Your starters against those teams? Yeah, my starters against those starters, I feel pretty good. So that would make me, you know, anywhere from five to eight. And then it's like as long as I'm in the dance, then I gotta just try to trade yeah. for matchups. There you go. Um, so yeah, without further ado, Tom, let's give me what is your last final thought on this draft? I mean, Kyle, I think your team sucks. That's my final thought. What's your final thought? Um, my final thought is it was <laughs> hilarious to watch Ben scramble to get a second running back, only to get James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary, and Nakeem Hines for a combined four dollars. That's it. That's the podcast. That's the podcast. Whatever it takes. I know I can make it through. All right, that was Tom Hart, your commissioner. I'm Kyle Madaus, your co-commissioner. Signing off until week one, baby. Na na na, na na na.